0: Hope's Harbor, a gritty Bible devotion with David Bradley. Jesus at the Cross, part one of four. Key verse is John nineteen seventeen, And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Before going into this episode, I need to announce that I am suspending this podcast of Bible devotions indefinitely after episode 120. And the reason for this is my primary calling is a writer, and teaching is secondary to that. I have another book in the works, but haven't been able to devote enough time to complete the manuscript and get it published. But I will keep the devotions available on Buzzsprout. And listen, thank you for listening. This four-part series, Jesus at the Cross, on the Cross, off the cross, and beyond the cross. We'll examine the day of Jesus' death by crucifixion, his burial, and resurrection, and what it means for us. The devotion focus is Jesus sentenced to death. Now, even though innocent, Jesus was sentenced to death by the Roman governor at the urging of the religious elite in Jerusalem. And why did Jesus' own people turn against him enough to enlist the help of the hated Romans? Well, essentially, because he told them their religion would not get them favor with God, and this meant they were hellbound. Now, few things get religious people riled up like telling them their works are useless for their eternal destiny. Now, eternal rewards, yes, but we'll go into that a little more later. And so Jesus accused them of this in Matthew twenty-three fifteen, where he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. And so Jesus offended the religious rulers to the point they plotted his death and told the Roman governor, as recorded in John nineteen seven. the Jews answered him and said, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Now, in the three years leading up to this, Jesus proved he is the Son of God by displaying power only God holds. That is, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, the crippled and the blind, and the deaf. He cast out legions of demons as recorded in Mark 5, 9 and Luke eight thirty. Here is the account from Mark chapter 5, verse 9. And then he asked him, this is the demon-possessed man Jesus is asking of. What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And at times, there were members of the religious crowd present when Jesus performed his miracles. But even then, the hierarchy of religion in Jerusalem was threatened by Jesus' power, and they feared losing control and the power and wealth that went along with their willingness to serve the brutal Roman occupiers. But wait. Could not Jesus, as Son of God, call down angels to deliver him? Yes. Listen to Matthew 13, 41. And this is talking about Jesus' authority over the angelic host. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. So this verse reveals Jesus had command of the angels. And then when the mob came to arrest Jesus the night before his crucifixion, Peter pulled out his sword and swung it at the head of one of the mob. Well, the man obviously ducked, but still Peter cut off his ear. But Jesus told him, put away his sword, and then reminded Peter of his authority over the angels. And this is found in Matthew 26:53. Or do you think I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Now, keep in mind, one angel can lay waste to the earth. And so Jesus is telling Peter, and he's telling us, he has command of the angels. And with the angelic army standing ready, why did Jesus allow godless men to beat him without mercy, with a whip? And why did he not fight back instead of submitting to the torture, even to the point they made him carry his cross to the place of execution? Well, Jesus explained this earlier in his ministry, found in John ten seventeen. Therefore, my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. This verse takes us to the heart of the gospel, not the plan of salvation, which is a part of the outworking of the gospel, but the heart of the gospel. Do you know what it is? The gospel itself in its essence? When Jesus said in Luke 4.18 he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, what did he mean? Well, briefly, the gospel is the work of Jesus to reconcile the human race, the whole human race, back to God. Dying on the cross was God's chosen way to bring this about. And that is Jesus dying on the cross. That is why Jesus said he would lay down his life. And in John 10:11 Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In fact, it is worth the time and effort to read the entire passage found in John chapter 10 verses 1 through 18, and especially verse 18. And in John 10:18, Jesus declared his power to lay down his life and the power to take it up again. And he meant take it up from the grave. Now, by this declaration, Jesus reveals his willingness to die. But why would he be willing to die even though he knew he would live again? And it's because only by dying in our place and having the wrath of God poured out on him as punishment for our sins could he provide atonement for our guilt before God. Now, with sin paid for in full, he is now free to offer redemption to the human race. But even then, we must choose to receive the forgiveness offered. And we do this by praying to God, asking him to forgive us, and then repenting from known sin the best we can as we learn from reading the Bible. And this is where the plan of salvation comes in, if you want to call it that. And so now we come to the cross where Jesus carried it. And listen, he had help. He needed help after the beating he got. A man named Simon, of Cyrene was called upon by the soldiers to carry Jesus' cross. Some scholars believe Simon carried either one crossbeam or he was at the foot of it. but regardless, john nineteen seventeen informs us, Jesus carried his cross to Golgotha, the place of a skull. Now, in summary, Jesus went to the cross voluntarily, even though he prayed to his father that if there were another way to take from him the coming crucifixion. Now, this was Jesus praying as fully man. But then he submitted to God by saying, Nevertheless, your will be done. And this account is found in Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine 39 and Luke 22, 42. Now, Jesus arrived at the scene of his execution, wounded, already from the whip and a beating with rods. And the worst was yet to come. So in the action to consider, read the account of Jesus' death found in John chapter 19. Read it in its entirety and pause as you read segments and think about the scene as if you're standing there watching. Now keep in mind this event secured your eternal destiny and mine, but only if you have asked forgiveness from God based on Jesus' death for your sin. Let this magnificent, act of love. Go beyond your intellect and down into your heart. Next week's devotion is Jesus on the Cross. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.